is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. Happy Thanksgiving Eve and happy Thanksgiving ahead of time. I uh, hope you really enjoy your your day or your weekend with your family. I know a lot of people might be flying out or coming home. And um, uh, like that last caller had said, uh, you know, make sure you have a plan um, for getting home safely. Uh, because it's a, otherwise you will be faced with a... Dangerous and uh, potentially uh, dangerous and expensive uh, proposition. So um, one thing I did want to uh, mention, I didn't mention it yesterday, but was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. So yesterday I was at uh, Carney Academy and there was, uh, because there was the uh, unveiling of the New Bedford Police Department's uh, autism awareness car. It's really cool. Um, Chief Oliveira had driven it there. There was a lot of students there that were really excited uh, to, you know, they played with the car. They were sitting in the car, beeping the horn, you know, uh, checking it out. Um, it's a fully operational police vehicle. The lights are on and all of that. It's it's really neat, and I, I think it's I think it's cool. Um, Chief Oliveira was very excited, and uh, I hadn't actually met. It was weird. I hadn't had a chance to meet Chief Oliveira since he had assumed um, the office from from Joe Cadero about a year year and change ago. Uh, what a nice guy! And you know, I got his. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about it. Uh, there's a column uh, on WBSM.com about the autism awareness car that you should check out. But and there's some pictures too of the car if you want to check it out. And pictures of the uh, officers that were there. There was uh, some school resource officers, the chief, the deputy chief. And uh, Rosie, the the comfort dog that they have, the uh, the Labradoodle, and um, I think it's a Labradoodle. I'm not well versed on dog breeds, admittedly, um, but uh, I believe it was a Labradoodle. But um, check uh, check that out uh, on WBSM.com. It was a really cool event. I I, I enjoyed being there, um, covering it, and I really enjoyed writing the column too. I don't always enjoy writing my columns. <laughs> It's a labor, but you know it's 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 laborious. It's important, um, but that one I enjoyed from uh, start to finish. Uh, so definitely check that out um, again. Chief Oliveira uh, thought it was important to make that car to show solidarity and commitment to uh, autism awareness, and the car's really cool. And uh, it'll be dispatched uh, to um, school resource officers and to community events as well. So. Um, Again, you know, uh, you guys know my background. A lot of you do. I'm chair of the Commission on Disability here in Fairhaven. Uh, you know, I have a, a brother living with uh, autism. So uh, that those issues are really important to me. So it was important that I, I you know, it was important to me to, to, to go cover that event as well and, and write that column so you can check it out. Um, the Autism Awareness Car. Uh, that was recently uh, unveiled at, at Kearney Academy. So... Um, a few things uh, I guess we'll talk about, uh, you know, 
I, like I said, it's, it's Thanksgiving Eve. I just kind of want to do an open phone lines thing. We had Anthony Puente from the New Bedford Fire Department. That podcast should be up by now. If you didn't listen before, you can uh, listen again. We'll have Anthony back in. I like doing those periodic segments with him because, I mean, it's like 30 or 30 plus years of institutional knowledge he has on, on fire safety, and he really knows everything. You know, I asked him, hey, can you talk about wood stoves and pellet stoves and all of that? He said, yeah, sure. And can you talk about this and that? He says, yeah, sure. So... Um, that podcast is up. If you haven't, if you, if you want to go back and re-listen, you can go to WBSM.com. You can go uh, to the WBSM app or, or anywhere where podcasts are offered and you just go to the on demand. If, if you have the app, you just press the podcast button. You'll see South coast tonight. If you have, if you want to just go online to WBSM.com, you can click on the, uh, on the on demand feature or listen on demand and then South coast tonight and you'll see it. But um, I want to thank Anthony for coming in again. A great guy was my football coach at Stang, uh, at, and um, uh, does a really good job raising awareness for fire safety, uh, and does a lot of great work in the community through his safe program. So, um, you know, we had we were talking about you know we had callers uh, call and ask about the uh, Colorado shooting, and then you know I've talked a bit about uh, you know the the the. The just the the struggle for for um, for gay rights that has spanned the course of history in this country, and that's always a really fascinating and important conversation. Um, so, but I, I'm taking open phone, you know, open phone lines. We can talk about whatever you want. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Let's actually go back to the phones. Good evening. Uh, yeah, uh, back again, Matt. Sure. You, you um, kind of got me thinking about something that does kind of like stuck in my craw, and it concerns uh, school security. I mean, uh, this guy Hero just took over, you know. Yeah. And if you have a prison escape, the first thing that happens is alarms are sounding everywhere, and, and you go into immediate lockdown. Yep. And uh, I don't know why. Of course, it's, we're talking about people who are getting out, not breaching by coming in. Yeah. And I just never understood with the cheapness of the alarm systems that are really loud and everything else. Uh, uh, why, why, why the schools can't just uh, put up an alarm system? And then, of course, like in her case, where she breached everything, uh, mm-hmm. just walking through the main door, just focus on the main lobby. Yeah. So people. And, uh, so so just for people who might not know, there was a, a woman who had walked into four or five schools in the Lakeville Freetown school system, had given a fake name. Uh, fake child's name and because of i guess you know maybe people at the desk that might have been busy at the time or uh maybe the the maybe lack of security um that person was able to wander uh that the woman the mother was wandering around the school she was later charged with um or there's at least a criminal complaint uh filed um for uh disrupting a school assembly um, yeah, I, you know, it's something I think is important to, to uh, important conversation to have. And I've been looking to, it's one of the things in the program that I've wanted to do more of that I, since I got this new show that I, I haven't been able to is, is talk with, or yeah, I haven't been able to because of the election is talk with well, more, an more people in the school. would be a great guest if you could get an alarm specialist. Uh, you, you know, the first, uh, who, the first. do homes all the time. I, and, you know, you got these little metal attachments to your door that if it's breached, the alarm goes off, doors or windows. And it's very cheap. <laughs> I, I mean, think it's I a good conversation. I agree. I think it's a good conversation to have. And what, what I'd like to do is get someone either from the school committee or from the school department, uh, New Bedford Public Schools in, because they definitely yeah. have school security protocols in place and we can yeah. have the that official you know one of those um, uh, either a school committee member or something talk about that i don't know I if they have those alarm systems um 10 or 15 seconds 
uh, going back to 1980 technology. Now, you know Taunton. Yeah. Familiar. Okay, I worked at Reed and Barton. I was a security officer, and uh, there was um, eight of us. Uh, five went on to the police department later on, mm-hmm. uh, full time. But anyway, what we had for security back then was the uh, the infrared, the uh, the, uh, like an eye beam, you know. Like yeah. You see these kids; they hit planes with these beams and stuff. Well, that's what this was. It was sensitive. If if a moth broke that that beam, alarms would go up everywhere because we had millions and millions of dollars of bullion silver. I think the beam. well, well, the, the thing is, I think the I think the question, I think this the the central question you'd want to put forward in a situation like this is: Is there such a thing as over security? Right? Are you lying? No. No, no, no. You don't think so? Like maybe, no. like you're talking about lockdowns. Think, schools schools have lockdowns. Muscle, I don't think you can like say that guy lifts weights. He's over muscle. No, when you get into that, because you're going from nothing. You got nothing right now. Mm-hmm. So set your goals high. And as a matter of fact, every school doesn't have to have that same system. You can experiment. Yeah. You can go with the cheap one, or you can go with the moderately uh, priced one. Mm-hmm. But it's all being done by experts. And then if you want, uh, you say, well, gee, uh, this particular school, uh, high school, where the kids are older and there's a lot of animosity to teachers or whatever, or uh, whatever. But you, you select your schools, and you go with the cheap ones here and there. But anything, anything is better than nothing. And to be... I never heard of over-security. Fort Knox, anyplace, over-security. No. Uh, usually when you speak of over-security, you got too many employees as security people. Right. Well, uh, physical. Feet on the ground uh, security. I think I'm there's some things to, you know. I th- I'm not talking about cameras. You know, I'm talking about loud alarms and you go into lockdown. Yeah, I just don't. And, and, and like the doors that push out. I know in school you lock the door on the outside, but the kids mm-hmm. from the inside can push it out and let somebody in. Those are the doors that I would have the metal thing. I know. I, the thing is, I know schools have security protocols. I just don't know to the extent to which they do, like alarm systems or lockdowns and things like that. And um, I don't know the efficacy of those. It's like chain of physical custody, like like uh, like uh, Biden's kid. Uh, with the laptop, the the, uh, the physical uh, custody chain is brief, but there's protocol. There was a protocol there, and it wasn't well, followed. Yeah, chain of custody. The point is, you're only as good as the laws are on the books, but they're only as good as how they are enforced. Of course, if, it's, if you're going to enforce laws cafeteria style, uh, who's who's up for trial? Oh, yeah, we'll wait yeah. about. You can't do that. It's got to be uniform. And when it comes to security, you should actually have. I don't know why the governor hasn't done it. You should actually have. In each county, paid for by the state, some kind of a headquarters or an office for people who we call whistleblowers to talk and say, hey, look, this is the problem with this particular school. But there's nothing going on. What I learned from the incident that's happening right now with the lady that breached everything, there are no whistleblowers in the system. And as somebody who's cynical, I say that's because you hire a bunch of liberals and they unionize and they don't give a damn, quite frankly. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't think that I, I don't think it's I don't think that's fair to say that the that the, the teachers no, unions or anything. Not. No, I get it. I I I agree. And you know, school safety is something I'm not super well versed on. I know Jess Machado's. It's it's one of her. It's one of her primary issues as a as a mother of four, and she's very active in her community about school safety. Um, I agree. I, I don't see it as school security. I see it as child security. Well, yeah. Because as soon as I let my child go, even if they're stepping on a bus, I'm going to be worried. That the bus driver, is, you know, I don't want my child left behind when they put the buses away. It happens every winter. Right. 
some six-year-old is crying and shivering, and what's going on here? And the kid left on the bus. How does that happen? And that's a different type of security system or whatever. But I'm, I'm talking about the schools themselves, the windows and the doors. I don't know anything about the roofs. Is somebody going to get up on the roof? I don't know what the hell you do about that. That's like Santa Claus coming down a chimney. You got security for that, right? And just that, just being. I'm making a joke, a bad one. But but the thing is, is that really? Let's get it straight. You can't have it both ways. Are you in on child safety? Are you not in on child safety? We're more worried about the kids wearing masks and stuff like that, and and yet the particles go right through the mask because they're, they're, they're so micro. That they, the mask is useless, but we're talking about school safety now. Yeah, again, it's something that I, I, I definitely need to brush up on, and I, I want to get I want to get people in from the school departments to, I think, have a better conversation on that. Again, it's something Jess follows, I think, pretty closely. You know, there's I all. I just want to say one thing. Sure. I worked at NSA. I call it a cup of coffee. I only worked there six months. I was an alarm specialist there. And that's a national security agency, yes. and everything was done electric. And believe me, you don't want to set off one of those alarms that blow your eardrums off. Yeah, the and, NSA is a little different. Um, you know, national security agency. Yeah, yeah, they they they're gathering you know metadata and all that other stuff. They're all about security. But right. the thing is, is if you take anybody locally, I'll guarantee you right now that does homes and does some commercial buildings that might have precious metals and bullion or whatever, sure. because of the nature of what they manufacture. Um, you know, I'm not talking about Handy and Harmon or anything like that. Uh, but you talk to these people, bring them. In. You're going to be shocked at how cheap it is. Yeah. To have to have a security system put in. You see ATD and they got the signs in the ad. Yeah. And it says this home is protected by ATD security. Mm-hmm. It yes. works. Yeah. It works. How about up the schools? Because they're throwing us a lot of baloney because they really don't have a plan. Why don't they just put uh, make up their own company and pound signs on the ground saying this is protected by this. And if you don't believe it, we also have Joe the Bulldog and he's going to rip you up. <laughs> so, you know, right. I mean, really. I mean, because if you got nothing, if you got nothing, you can't. I don't know that they have nothing. I don't know that they have nothing. Um, I don't think that's probably fair to say. I think every school system has protocols. It's just the, again the efficacy well, of them. Receipts? Yeah, so again, it's system. it's where's not something. Receipts? If you've got a system and we pay taxes, why can't I find this? Why can't I right. go to city hall or go online and find this? It should be out there because if bad guys read it, they're going to stay away. It right. should be out there. Yeah. No, Accessible. I I agree with you. I mean, you know, these these incidents and stuff, like the horrible one in Texas. I mean, with with a, actually, you had the feet on the ground. They stood there listening to kids getting shot. I, I'll never put my hand. Yeah, it was a particular. That was yeah, maybe a uniquely horrifying situation uh, in Uvalde. They had a child in there, bust through the lines, and they they're handcuffing him and dragging him out like right. he's a terrorist. And in the meantime, they're hearing gunshots going, killing his kids. I. Uh, <laughs> That, that that is so morbid. They swept it though. They swept it like they did Waco. Remember the children that survived Waco. I remember and, Waco. Uh, they, yeah, yeah. And the children well, I, I was that like, survived. They're, they're now in their thirties and everything, yeah. and they cannot speak at a college auditorium about it. They cannot write a book. Yeah. They cannot have a ghostwriter write a book. And they were all put in the equivalent of a witness protection program for the government, not for them. Well, Waco was, I mean, they were in a, a difficult situation there with, with David Koresh and all the weird stuff they had going on in that, in that, in that, uh, 
that uh, organization in Waco. Yeah, and, and, and Clinton took Janet Reno and told her, yeah. Janet Reno had four drunk driving charges, by the way, speaking of alcohol. Janet Reno? And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, most of them were picked up in Dade County. Oh, mm-hmm. she battled alcohol wickedly, and she was done. She was politically done. Uh, Clinton took her out of the ashes, gave her the job of attorney general, and obviously he did that because he had total control over her. And uh, he's the one that he's the one that ordered the tanks to go in there with the flamethrower and everything. Right. And Janet Reno complied, just like he got uh, was it Mayorkas? He's he's no different than Janet Reno. Give me my give me tell me what to do, Joe Biden. I'll do it. And, and, and that's what Janet Reno was telling us to do, Bill Clinton. I'll do it. And that's how that's how that standoff turned into a horrible, horrible. What was ending. the other one they had too? Uh, Ruby Ridges was the other one, and uh, with yeah, uh, and Reno. What was that all about? That was in Idaho. Damn shotgun was a quarter inch too short, so it made it illegal. A felony. They, well, yeah, and they they uh, they wounded me. They 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 killed that woman while she was like serving pancakes to the guy that they were actually targeting. The they killed his wife. Um, I'm telling you, it was insane. Yeah. And then a year to the day after Waco, look what happened in Oklahoma City, 147 dead. And when, and when that yeah. son of a gun, who was an Army veteran, I'm ashamed to say. Yeah. Timothy McVeigh. Timothy McVeigh. Yeah. And then when they sent him off to the gallows, and he said, man, you're going to hell. You're going, and he says, uh, you know, he says, you know what the score is? If I get killed, 147 yes, to 1. Yes, I remember, yeah. I 147, 147 dead, and I'm dying. Right. Because he stuck to his principles, however wacky he was. Yeah. But the thing is, is that in a case like that, how are you going to stop McVeigh? And it all, it all happened because Waco happened. And that's what I try to tell well, people. Well, McVeigh, I think, explicitly said it was in response to Waco, right? He yeah. did it because of Waco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on the anniversary. Right. Of Waco, the yeah. first year, and uh, and and that was uh, that was a horrible situation, and I'm just saying, you know, we got a homeland security, and we got a bad border, and we got this and that, but I'm just going to take what I see on face value. Yeah, the border's closed. I don't four million people snuck in. Hey, I gotta I gotta hit this break, but I appreciate you calling in. Well, thank you. I hope I uh, raise some hell with you and get some talk. With I you. I always appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. All right, bye bye. All right, bye. And- um, I got to take this break. I'll be right back. 1420 WBSM. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. I was going to play a song. I forgot to, but I'll play it now, I guess. This is my transition song, but I've got to play it like right at the end of the commercial break. I'm going to discipline myself with that a little bit, but um, I'll get better at it. This is Passion Fruit by Drake. Probably my favorite. Um, it's unpopular opinion. I think it's Drake's best song. Unpopular opinion. A lot of people I, I've been yelled at, but I think it's his best song. It's my favorite Drake song. It's really good. It's nice. It's, it's... hold on, hold on. Um. Anyway, so uh, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Happy Thanksgiving Eve and Happy Thanksgiving ahead of time. I hope you all have uh, an excellent time with your family um, on Thanksgiving and throughout the weekend. Um, and watch football. There's three games on. There's the Lions and Bills, I believe, to start the day. The Lions and Cowboys was plan, always planned Thanksgiving, but the Lions and Bills, the Cowboys, and uh, uh, I think at noon, maybe noon, um, at 4.30 is the Giants and C- Cowboys, and then 8.30 is the Patriots, our Patriots, and 
the Vikings. And it's a big game. Uh, and that's a primetime game. And you can listen to it here on WBSM. So you don't have to change your dial if you're in the car, if you're driving home after having turkey or whatever with your family and you know doing your annual football game or whatever thing you do, breaking the wishbone. You can you can actually listen to the game so you don't miss a minute of it. I I, I said this last week. I heard the, the game-winning punt here on WBSM, the game-winning punt return, because I was going somewhere else. And it was pretty cool to listen to it. I felt like I didn't miss it, you know. I, I heard it, and it was kind of riveting to hear it, uh, you know, from a purely auditor- auditory, you know, experience. Uh, that moment in the, the game I, I thought was really cool. So um, you won't miss a minute if you get in your car after, like I said, and you want to listen to the game. You can listen to it here. You don't have to change your dial. And um, it's great. I love it. It's a great feature here. Like I said, if I'm out and about, I, Sundays I'm typically – I'm on my couch, I'm hanging out with my cat, and I'm watching football, right? And that's Sundays. I'm always like, leave me alone on Sunday. Don't talk to me. (laughs) And unless, but sometimes you get somewhere to be. So you can listen to the Patriots. You won't miss a minute here on WBSM. That's my plug. I'm a company man. So um, there is one thing. There was some, uh, like, breaking news on the more national scale with respect to the midterm elections. You know, nothing game changing necessarily because the House uh, majority has already been decided. But Mary uh, Pelotola, the uh, Alaskan Democratic Congresswoman, Alaska has one member of Congress. I believe Vermont's the one, the other state. I think Idaho, maybe, and Wyoming have one member of Congress, too. There's a few smaller states with smaller populations that get one member of Congress. So it's basically called an at large district. Mary Pelotola, the Democrat, uh, defeated, formally defeated Sarah Palin. Um, you, of course, all know who Sarah Palin is. Former governor of Alaska, former vice presidential candidate. And uh, I believe the second woman on a, on a, on a presidential ticket uh, the, of a major party. The first one was Geraldine Ferraro in 1984 with Walter Mondale. Uh, so I think I think it was, you know, those two and then Hillary and then Kamala Harris. But uh, she defeated um, uh, Alaskan, former Alaskan Governor Sarah Palin. <clears throat> now, a lot of people blame this on ranked choice voting. I don't think that's correct. I think Sarah Palin wasn't a good candidate for Congress because um, basically because uh, she left her governorship. Is that what it's called? Is it governorship? I should probably know that. She left her governor post about halfway through her term she'd ran for president uh, vice president with john mccain uh lost that election obviously to barack obama and joe biden and then uh, she kind of got beat by joe biden twice right but and then um left her post like midway she was governor for two years and then just later see ya and uh went to go campaign um hit the campaign trail you know did some tv gigs made a lot of money and you know i think actually campaigned effectively for the Tea Party Congress that took 64 seats in the House. But that doesn't mean that the people of Alaska rightfully had a bad taste in their mouth, um, you know, for a governor who basically just uh, jumped ship uh, when it was convenient for her. So 
she wasn't really a good candidate for that seat. And so Mary Pelotola, who was a Alaskan congresswoman, uh, I mean, Alaskan state rep, Alaska, uh, Alaskan state Senate member. Um, so obviously had a high profile there, um, ran on like a, I think her big thing is she's pro fish, right? Alaska, obviously, along with us in New Bedford, Alaska has, um, you know, a very thriving uh, fishing industry over there. And so she won. Uh, so Mary Pel- Pelotola won the special election, basically, and then won the um, and then won the uh, the general election. And I, I can tell you why rank- it wasn't because of ranked choice voting. I- I'm actually a supporter of ranked choice voting. It, it, it got shot down in here, Massachusetts, overwhelmingly. And I, I was, you know, I, th- I think it would have been a better system for voting, but Whatever. Um, but Lisa Murkowski, it, it's not because of ranked choice voting that because it only helps Democrats or whatever, because Lisa Murkowski won her Senate seat. The Republican, long tenured Republican, her father, I believe, was a senator and maybe a governor. But Lisa Murkowski won her Senate seat back. And she defeated a Republican. It was a Republican runoff, basically, because of ranked choice voting. So Alaska is still going to vote for Republicans statewide if they like them, because there was only two Republicans left. The other, the other Democrat and the Independent were defeated in that um, in that uh, ranked choice voting runoff. They were already eliminated, and they reelected their Republican governor uh, with uh, ranked choice voting. So I think it was because Mary Pelotola was just a good candidate. There's a few states, uh, a few seats that still got flipped, even even in this, even as the uh, the House. Even as the House Dem, uh, the House Dems lost their majority narrowly, they still flipped a few seats. Partly because, in some cases, because they ran bad candidates like Sarah Palin, but also because they, um, also because they flipped a few pro and only 10 pro impeachment Republican members of Congress actually survived uh, this. I mean, uh, 10 were up for election, eight of them were eliminated only two survived and in one case like in washington uh they had this woman um uh she has like a boost champ uh perez i think her name was she's a uh mechanic uh car shop uh auto auto, uh, auto shop owner in in washington had won that election because they had uh, eliminated a longtime republican for a more pro-Trump election denial type person, and that lost them the seat. So they were able to flip a few seats, That one uh, one of them being that seat. And I don't think it's because of ranked choice voting. Again, I'm a supporter of it. I was disappointed it got shot down in mass, but we're taking your calls at 508-996-0500. Hey, good evening. Hey, Marcus, how you doing? Tonight? Hey, Tom. I'm good. How are you? Well, happy Thanksgiving to you. You, but, you too. Uh, uh, most of the people in the Bedford won't be watching the NFL tomorrow. Uh, you're going to watch Portugal play against Chad and the great Ronaldo. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. And there's breaking news with this guy. He parted ways with Manchester United. Which he did. Bas- basically makes him a free agent. Mm-hmm. And it's possible for this guy to end up with the revolution in Foxborough. That'd be incredible. Think of that. They'd have That's to pay him. He- uh, they'd have to They'd have to throw brink trucks at him to get him, right? It's my well, understanding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, the stadium would be full every single game, for one. And who knows? Maybe he could leave the Portuguese parade. Well, but, uh, you, you know what? You know what people? Uh, you know what's cool about Ronaldo? Other than obviously his you know historic talent, uh, he's Madeiran. 
He is actually Madarin. He, yeah, he he's from Madeira. He could he could serve actually in this year's feast alongside of me. <laughs> he could yeah. serve in in uh, in this year's feast. Um, yeah, he's a uh, he's Madarin, so he could he could lead the feast parade. Yeah, I think right now they're they're averaging up there maybe uh, twenty five to thirty thousand people a game, but okay. that stadium I think holds sixty eight thousand or something to that effect. Sure, and and I could almost guarantee you that that stadium would be full each and every game. Well, well that's uh, why that's why I mean they did that with uh, Beckham, right? Uh, I think Los Angeles, the Los Angeles team threw a ton of money at Beckham, so we went from Europe to the to the to the pro soccer league here. Yeah, and and, and the, the, you, you know you talk about the, the the boatload of money they'd have to pay him. There's ways, you know, between jerseys and ticket sales and a piece of the concessions and all that. Yeah, that the MLS may be willing to do that. So. I, I'm sure there will be an. I'm sure there'll be a return on investment there, and 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 obviously the New England. I mean, California has a pretty strong uh, on it. They have a very strong Portuguese population there, so that you might find California a more attractive destination. But other than California and Hawaii. You know, uh, we have the strongest. I mean, we have the strongest uh, Portuguese population here in New yeah. England between Rhode Island yeah. and Massachusetts. So yeah, it seems yeah. like a natural fit. Yeah. So say say he comes. Where's he going to live? If you were him, where would you live? You know, <laughs> New Bedford. And you, yeah. You know. So yeah. you're looking at you know the, the uh, Hawthorne Street area. <laughs> you yeah. talk about security <laughs> that would be needed. It Cristiano be Ronaldo on Hawthorne Street. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I w- I'd be thinking maybe one of those uh, mansions in uh, Paidnerum or Nonquit would probably be <laughs> probably yeah. be where he'd go. Um, yeah. But it would, yeah, it would actually, um, it would it, that'd be very interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a possibility. But uh, big games today: Japan upset Germany. It was a great game. Okay. Uh, there's the strategies Japan used were, were just simply incredible. They did not stop running. It was just what a great game that was. Ger- and, Germany uh, was uh, Germany was in the last World Cup. Is my answer? They were in the championship, or were they uh, previous no, winners? They, they, they got knocked out uh, early rounds. Did they win recently? Uh, they, they they've won. Uh, let's see. I think they've won five World Cups. Yeah, they're uh, they're always a strong team. Is what I'm what I'm trying to say. Yeah, Germany. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been exciting, and uh, that was just a little tidbit that was out there today on national news. Yeah. So tomorrow it ain't going to be the NFL in, in, in during the days. In New Bedford, anyway, it's going to be World Cup, and I just wanted to, you know, put that little does, edge in there. Does Portugal have a, a a chance to 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 win the World Cup? <laughs> to win? Yeah. Ah, uh, I'm not. I'm not going to say absolutely not because anything can really happen. But there are better teams like France and uh, right France, uh, of course. You know, just just conceptually, you look at them. Portuguese got all the players. And I think that's the mistake that they made. They didn't bring up enough younger players because right. the guys that are going to be out there have been there for like three or four World Well, Cups. Ronaldo's like 37, isn't he? Yep. Yeah. Yep. But you still want him on your team. Of course, of yeah. You know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, you have a good night. And, you as well. Uh, it's not always the NFL. It's World Cup this time of year, you know. And I appreciate you giving us the updates on that. Yeah, you see. Right. Thank you. Yeah, the World Cup's interesting. You know, I, I haven't paid that much attention to the World Cup now. Uh, you know, like um, like Tom had said, it was typically a summer event, but they moved it to Qatar when they decided on Qatar. Um, uh, I think it was because of the weather conditions in Qatar. It was a little bit different, so they asked for a waiver from uh, FIFA, right? And they were granted that waiver. Is That's my understanding of it. 
Um, I remember really following the 2010 World Cup for some reason. It was just something that me and my friends did. We followed the 2010 World Cup. I remember watching uh, Spain and the Netherlands in 2010. Spain defeated the Netherlands uh, in the World Cup. Uh, I remember having a little watch party um, with uh, with some friends there. It was actually a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. They had those uh, horns called the uh, Vuvuzelas. You know, it was like this t- throughout the entire World Cup. It was almost like this you know, consistent noise that came out, this horn noise that was very like, you know, um, it was something, it was really something. Uh, so that's really, that's interesting. So, um, we were, we were talking about, I was talking about the Alaska election cause Mary Pelotola had just, um, had just, uh, Mary Pelotola had just won the uh, Alaskan election in the, uh, for the at-large congressional seat that's over there in Alaska and the last frontier. Isn't that what it's called? The last frontier or the, the land of the midnight sun. Um, and I, I think it was, you know, like I said, a lot of people blame ranked choice voting, but there was Republicans. Most of the Republicans won on ranked choice voting too. Is something that, that got shut down, shot down in Massachusetts. I was, I had Evan Falchuk who was the head of the ranked choice, but he ran a third party governor candidate, election back in 2010 2014 but basically uh what ranked choice voting does is you pick the number of uh there's you know the you rank your um you rank every uh every candidate has a uh, one to four number next to them and you rank them in order of preference so if you have a crowded race uh, especially in primaries, it's I think important. If you have a crowded race, uh, you will, you know, it'll be somebody who gets a majority of those votes. So basically, you rank your candidates one to four, and when they get the final vote tallies, when they get the the vote tallies, they have those four candidates. So what they do is um, they they you know the candidates they're at the bottom get knocked out, but then their second choice. You know, the candidates that finish, let's say there's four candidates, candidate finish, that finishes fourth, they get knocked out, but their second choice votes go to the rest of the field, right? And then the last, the, the third one gets knocked out and their second choice votes, you know, they basically get reallocated to the field uh, as well. So it's the person who has the most, you know, basically second and, and third place votes after the first vote. It's a good way... And until someone gets 50%, so a true majority of people would prefer this candidate, if not vote for them outright. Uh, again, I think it's good in crowded primaries where you don't have people who win like, tw- you know, 20 something percent of the vote, uh, you know, basically win an election. You know, and I think that's fine, too. I remember the, when they had the four, we had the fourth congressional uh, election here and Jake Auchincloss had won with like 26 percent of the vote, barely edging out um, uh, Jesse Murmel. I like Jake Auchincloss a lot. He comes on the show. He's, I think, doing a great job. Um, a lot of people and he's actually he was supportive of ranked choice voting. He, he supported the effort to get uh, to pass ranked choice voting uh, afterwards, uh, even after. Um, even after his election, when he won in that in that field, some people say ranked choice voting would have given Ramel the victory. I think it that assumes people vote monolithically. You know, oh, if they would would have voted for Ramel. Uh, they or people that voted for somebody else would have voted. Uh, people that voted for the more progressive candidates would have had Ramel as their second. That assumes people vote monolithically, and they don't. And there were plenty of other more moderate candidates there that probably would have had their second pl- place votes go to Auchincloss. So, um, and, and again, he's supportive of of ranked choice voting. 
thing anyway. So I don't I don't think it necessarily would have. I think he was a great candidate. Wouldn't have threatened his uh, candidacy in any way. But I think it's a good way to get uh, get candidates that in you know will have the majority of the voters support them rather than having somebody with you know. Only a fraction of those voters. You look at, uh, I mean, you look at Rhode Island again. Dan McKee could have won, you know. Dan McKee could have won anyway, but Dan McKee, you know, came out of the primary basically with like thirty-three percent of the vote, right? In a in a in a in a very competitive primary uh, against Nelly Gorbea and Helena Folks, and in those situations, and, and there's you know, Canada has it. I think a lot of uh, countries in the EU have it. Um, I, I think it's a better system. Again, it was on the ballot for Massachusetts. It got voted down, so it's neither here nor there. But I know there's some municipalities, there's some municipal elections that have uh, ranked choice voting as well. Um, neither here nor there, I suppose. But I thought it was interesting to bring up that race in in uh, in Alaska and Mary Pelletola and her 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 um, sort of surprise victory uh, in that uh, in that election. I didn't think it was just because she was a stronger candidate and she was the candidate that most people had preferred. So. Um, that's my uh, that's my little uh, diatribe on uh, on on why I think ranked choice voting is something that you should support. Um, and five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred second in the program. We're also taking messages on the WBSM app chat. It's Thanksgiving Eve. We're just hanging out, having a good time. This is South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus, and uh, I'm going to take this break. Listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM app. One's on the left, left, the other on the right. right. But they're both ready to call it right down the middle. More of Marcus and Chris on South Coast tonight here on WBSM. Welcome back. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Hey, good evening, Marcus. How you doing? Uh, okay. I just call to uh, wish you a, a good holiday and hope you enjoy yourself. And uh, if you do see Chris, the uh, same goes for him. Yeah, I might see Chris tomorrow, actually. Um, thank you. I appreciate that, and I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Well, well one other thing, though. Uh, you know, you've tried to stoke the interest about uh, the Kennedy assassination. Next year, I guess it'll be 60 years. Mm-hmm. I can remember when I was a young man down at the old Roosevelt Junior High, and a friend of mine came out, came out of Mrs. Crowley's uh, social studies class, and he said, hey, the president's been shot, you know, and I said, yeah, come on, you're crazy. And then come to find out we did get dismissed, and... Running down Brock Avenue, uh, just before the police station, there was a Tutteros TV uh, uh, shop there, and they had the TV on in the window and looking and running all the way home, basically, to uh, see what was going on. Yeah. As I live further on in the south end. Right. And uh, I just have the feeling with this, I thought when when Reagan got in and he had the right to, I'm not sorry, Reagan, uh, Trump got in and he had the right to uh, uh, release all the records. Yeah. Uh, I thought Trump being Trump would, yeah, release them all, you know, mm-hmm. but yet they held back. And I just have the feeling that the government really doesn't want the public to know. Oh, yeah. No, like I said before, it's been intentionally obfuscated. Yeah. 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 And I think what they're waiting to do is to, that most of the people that were living back then, and you guys weren't, I guess, okay, uh, will be gone. And just like tonight, when you try to stoke some of the information, uh, some some interest in it, kind of fell flat. And I think that's what the government hopes will happen in the future. That 
Oh yeah, well that happened. Well, that was a long time ago. Oh, that's what they do. I mean, you know, that's that's what they bad. do with a lot of stuff. Like, oh, it's one of those things. Oh, we did this really terrible thing, yeah. or we were involved in this really terrible thing, but it was such a long time ago. Yeah, we're nobody, better now. Yeah, yeah, nobody will really care. It's almost like uh, you know, Pearl Harbor. You know, in a yeah. sense, uh, you know, we we still know about it. Yeah. Unless we forget. Uh, I think Pearl Harbor per- is Pearl Harbor. We talk about the FBI, Cointel Pro, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, all yeah. that, uh, the MK Ultra, and the, yeah, the Family yeah. Jewel stuff with the Church Commission. Yeah, so yeah I, that's all. Well, that- again, this is the death of a president. We're not, you know, I mean, this is big stuff. Of me, course. You know? And I always, I always hoped that I would find out before the end of my life uh, what really did happen. Yeah. And I was hoping that Trump would, yeah, let it, let it all rip, you know. But for yeah. whatever reason, maybe didn't pay attention or. Yeah. Maybe he knows something that he didn't. I, I, you know, I think, yeah, maybe the, um, you know, like I said, maybe he just was prevented uh, by, you know, maybe there's people that still have an interest in keeping that information secret. I well, mean, again, I, the, I, the, the same thing can be said about when he, he said recently, oh, it's too bad we never got to the bottom of this whole 9-11 thing yeah, with the yeah. Saudis. Like, you were president. You could have gotten, yeah. you could have released all these documents for whatever reason you wanted. Yeah. Hey, listen, I've got to take this break, but I appreciate you calling in. Have a great okay, Thanksgiving. Uh, oh, and I hope Chris can get that gentleman in about the, um, you know, about the, the Kennedy assassin. We're, work, we're working on it. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Gonna, Thanks a lot, and have a good one. You as well. Bye. If you want to hear everything, show 508-996-0500, but we're nearing pretty much the end of the show. Thanks to everybody who called in, messaged me on the app chat. Um, I hope you all have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy your time with your family. I'll be back Monday with Chris, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. We've got a lot to talk about, uh, the Ward 3 race, and a lot of other important stuff that we've got on the schedule. Actually, Monday, Paul Harrow's coming in. Uh, uh, Sheriff, um, Sheriff-elect Paul Harrow is going to come in, so we'll take your calls and your messages uh, during his time. He's going to talk about some of the plans he's got uh, for the sheriff's office, and and um, you know he'll answer your questions too. So uh, definitely want to tune in for that on Monday. We'll be with Sheriff-elect Paul Harrow. Um, uh, yeah, guys, have a great Thanksgiving. Be safe. Be happy. Um, wish the best for you guys, and uh, I will see you um, on Monday with Chris. So. Um, you know, enjoy yourself, enjoy yourself, enjoy your time with your family. All right. Later.